you can just get something done right now. Uh, my housemates and I call it eating the frog, uh, which I think is a Mark Twain quote. Um, like you should just eat the frog. What's poppin'? Welcome back to Genzius. I'm Kunal, your host, and this show is about sharing the stories of young people doing cool shit. On today's episode, we have 2020 graduate of the University of Pennsylvania, Cameron Cabo. At Penn, Cameron was in the Jerome Fisher program in management and technology and was also the president of Penn Labs, a student group that develops software to improve the Penn community and has served over 100,000 unique users. Additionally, he was a TA for three different classes on campus and also the head of marketing and web at YouthHack, a student-run entrepreneurship community, which is where I actually had the chance to first meet him and work with him. He's worked at companies like Honey, PayPal, and even a startup in India. As a lifelong builder and creative, he's also the founder of his freelance web development agency, Riplo, that builds beautiful solutions for all kinds of companies that are looking to build a digital presence. In all, he's a really great person who's taught and helped me a lot, all the way from picking classes to designing event covers to self-learning web development. Check out his company at riplo.io and all his awesome work at cameroncabo.com. As a heads up, this episode is recorded earlier this year. Uh, welcome, Cameron. Uh, thanks for coming by and sharing your story. Cameron is an almost graduated Penn student now. How does that feel, Cameron? It hasn't really sunk in yet, um, especially because I'm doing like a normal amount of coursework this uh, semester. Uh, a lot of other people are in sort of different boats. Like I have a few friends who are doing like maybe two classes, both of them effectively pass-fail. Um, and so a lot of people are at very different tempos, but for me, I feel like nothing's really changed yet. Interesting. And, um, I'm just curious, like what I I know a lot of students, as you said, at Penn, uh, end up doing like two or three different degrees, multiple majors, multiple minors. Uh, but what are your specific goals, um, with doing so many different things? Like what are you trying to achieve with this? Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like it's a little all over the place. And that's something that I definitely struggle with is like having a good amount of focus. Um, especially earlier on at Penn, I was in, I think like too many extracurricular type of groups and stuff. Um, you have a bunch of different obligations. If you're in, you know, six courses, you, you always have in the back of your head, like, okay, I have these like stack of things I need to blow through. Um, and so that's always like a tough thing. And um, also at Penn, like people are all about like labels, like it feels good to have this label of this degree or whatever. Um, and that's definitely like a component of, of why I'd want to like pursue these degrees. Um, but I think like being in this mode where, uh, you just spend so much time like reading and learning and working on assignments, um, it kind of like builds on itself. And I've sort of found that the things that used to give me a lot of stress early on in my like freshman year courses when I was doing like some hard CS course, like 160 or whatever, um, I just don't feel that same amount of stress, uh, which was sort of a blocker that I do now. Or, like I don't feel that stress as much anymore. Um, like I feel more capable to like take on loads and like organize myself and like get stuff done. Um, and so that's why I think like Penn has been good in, in like building this foundation. Um, Postgrad, where do I want to take this? Whatever. Um, I mean, to start off, I'm working at Palantir um, in what they call a forward deployed engineering role. Um, but it's 
pretty much just like engineering a little bit of product and a little bit of like customer service and, and interaction, um, which is pretty cool. Like you need to tap into like a lot of the skill sets that I think Penn actually does a good job of building. Um, but basically the whole time I'm like trying to think, you know, what products or businesses or ventures or whatever would be fun to work on later down the line. Um, I don't think I've had a good idea really yet. Uh, and I think we'll get to it later. Like I've worked with a bunch of people on different things. Um, just kind of waiting to see like, where do I want to put my time? And, and since I don't really know, I've been doing sort of a more generalist, like, okay, business engineering. Um, so hopefully like when the time comes, I can act. We'll see. Um, this might throw you off guard, but where do you see yourself in 20 years? Oh man, always a tough question. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always answered this as just like working on a cool problem with like really great people. Um, I, but I feel like everyone would answer the question that way. Um, I think ideally I want to be working on like a small team on probably a more like niche problem. Um, I just feel like where we are right now, there's a bunch of like really big companies and big organizations doing very like wide scale things. Um, but a lot of people I've talked to who are really happy, like professionally and also have a good balance are like working in sort of cool companies and groups where their focus is a lot more niche. Um, and I think like having that specialization is, is pretty cool. Um, like I've been reading a lot from different like company blogs and, and content online just to think about like, you know, what do people do to like keep learning when they're in a more professional environment? Um, I've been reading a bunch about like Gatsby, which is this open source, uh, website builder package, uh, that I use a bunch. Um, but the team behind it is pretty unique. Like they're always looking at kind of like the bleeding edge of new things that they can do to improve performance and things like that. Um, and it seems like a really cool sort of like community and learning environment if you were working on a project like that and you're benefiting like a niche group of people. Sure. But in like pretty big ways. Um, and so ideally, yeah, you find a good group of people. Like that's what we're doing right now. We're all building connections and friendships and whatever, um, and be working on something, cool and probably a little bit niche nice and and you mentioned the value in making connections and making new friends and talking to new people um in your time at Penn what has been your go-to strategy or how have you met most of the people that you now are close with Ooh, a lot of it um is in courses like be able to find a just good group of people and be really deliberate about if I'm studying for this like why not just study together um I found that to be a great way to build like some really, really strong friendships because if you've been through that pain together, like you, you know, you just have a lot more fun when you're like doing things that are not painful. (laughs) Um, And then other things are like clubs, especially as a freshman, like I said earlier, I was in like too many things, but because of that, I got to meet a bunch of people. Um, And then I've been trying to do it like a little bit more, um, which is when you go to any social function or whatever, it's pretty easy to just stay in your circle. Um, But like force yourself to introduce yourself to like two people, for example. Um, And it's possible you, you know, hit it off with them or something. It's possible. It's like very awkward and and that's fine too. Um, But yeah, it's just being like a little bit more deliberate about thinking like, okay, am I like staying in touch with people? Am I actually like meeting new people or am I just staying in the same circle? Gotcha. Uh, I guess building off of that, um, I know you also do freelance work uh, f- under your company, Riplo. Um, 
and with that, you have to, you know, communicate with a lot of clients who are strangers. Um, and I'm curious, like, if you could touch upon what exactly your freelance company is, uh, what you guys do, and also um, how are you getting these clients? Yeah. Uh, so it started out, like, when I was first getting into computer science-y things. Uh, I was taking, like, an APCS course in college, and I was also starting to learn, like, how do you make websites? Um, and it's been kind of, like, just a steady progression since then uh, to where I am today. But basically, I do freelance work, uh, one, to, like, always be working on something, be learning about new, like, technologies and stuff, and just get better at, like, building things. Um, and it's also a really cool way to meet people who are working on interesting things and help kind of, like, propel their vision forward. Uh, it's normally, like, very early stage stuff, like, hey, I have this idea, can you help me build out an MVP? Um, or, hey, I need, like, a landing page for this company idea. Um, and then Riplo was kind of a way to just sort of formalize the freelance work that myself um, and a few of my friends were already doing. Um, and just kind of like package it together, play around a little bit with branding, see if that has any impact on being able to source people or things like that. Um, like it seems, I guess, a little bit more legit than if you were just like, hey, I do like freelance work on the side. If you say, hey, I like have this, you know, LLC and um, we do work through that. It's basically the same thing, but it sounds different and it looks different. Um, so that's why we did it. And it's just a good way to like regardless of, you know, you, you take classes, they start and end, they have very, like, set boundaries. Um, whereas, like, if you're working on projects and stuff and you always have, like, if you have some free time or whatever, you can just, you know, hack away for a few hours on it. Um, it's just a good filler to make sure you're, like, making progress on things. Um, and so that's why I've always done it. And it's, like, a good way to pay the rent um, and, like, food and everything. Uh, so I try to almost, like, break even with, like, my expenses where... If I'm like spending more money or whatever, I'll like do more freelance work, things like that. Got it. That's very impressive. Um, and I think it's especially cool that you're able to, uh, as you said, like play around branding and source different clients. Um, I'm interested to know more about like if if a college student wants to wants to start a freelance, you know, firm or start, you know, working on projects for other people. Um, my first question is, how do you find those people and how do you like convince them to like trust you with their work? Right. Um, yeah. So when you're starting out, it's like pretty tough, but this is where personal projects like that you've done for yourself or as final projects for classes or whatever, like those are the basis. Um, if you're trying to convince someone that you're the right person for the job, like it's less so about the negotiation and more so like when they look at you at first glance, like what stands out and does that, does it seem like that will, you know, drag and drop over to their own ideas or venture? Um, and so that's why, like, starting out getting clients or whatever, it was just, like, asking around, like, really sort of scrapping for it. Um, and and your first clients are definitely not going to be the best ones because they're basically, like, taking a leap of faith. It's probably something that they're not entirely focused on. Um, and, like, you know, the, the, the best freelance projects are the ones where you're actually building, like, a really good culture, even though it's a freelance contract relationship. Um, and it's you know, you shoot them a message and they'll respond really quickly. You can sort of like, you have a tight feedback loop. You can see that they're really passionate about it. And then it, like incentives are fully aligned for you to like build out something cool and really like put your all into it. Um, whereas like for those first clients, it's probably going to be a little bit more like they'll respond in the next few days and you're not really making that much money and it's kind of like ambiguous what's actually expected. Um, but I think you kind of have to just fight through that. Um, 
maybe a better way to get started is like you already know a friend who's working on a project and you ask like, hey, can I help out a little bit? And and then you sort of like formalize your role and your ability to contribute. Uh, and then you can branch out to like other clients and stuff. Um, but then once like, once it's going, like I don't really actively ask for work. Um, maybe I would if I like finished up everything I'm working on right now. Um, but it's more so like people reach out to me just because of they've heard, oh, I heard you do freelance or my friend said X, Y, Z. And so, you know, once you've kind of like put yourself out there and tried to prove yourself through other project work, um, and then you make like a website or whatever, just saying like, Hey, I've worked on these things. Um, then you kind of have like some natural network based, like SEO for yourself. Freelance is one of the few things that you do on campus besides your three degrees. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to hear, I know you were the director of uh, Penn Labs. I'd love to learn more about Penn Labs and the work that you did with it. Mm -hmm. So Penn Labs is a club on campus. Um, We've been around for, oh goodness, I was sorting through the history the other day. Uh, It's probably been on the order of like six years, seven years. Um, and we work on a variety of products. The most popular is like Pen Course Review. Um, but we've had some really good progress on other stuff recently, like Pen Clubs, Pen Course Plan. Um, it's basically like a bunch of tools for students that uh, either layer on top of things like Pen and Touch or, you know, open up access to other forms of data and stuff just to make like the student experience at Pen a little bit better. Um, and and definitely uses better tech than a lot of the stuff that Pen gives you out of the box. Um, yeah, I've been involved since, uh, I think the start of my sophomore year, uh, and still totally involved, uh, as a senior, uh, we just updated our website and it looks fantastic. Um, and it's, it's just really fun to work on. So obviously the problems are interesting. Um, but the other side of it is like this community, which is Pen Labs, is fantastic. Um, like the people in it are great. They're super smart. Um, and a lot of people are sort of like specialized. So there are people within it who are incredibly good at like DevOps things and working on, you know, all of this like Kubernetes stuff and things that I like hardly understand. Um, and then I've been able to like provide some of my own like expertise and leadership, um, things like sort of the front end development of all of our products and standardizing things. Um, and it's, it's totally one of the things where like you get out what you put in. Um, and so, yeah, you can like be in the club and be contributing like, you know, the bare minimum, just writing like a little bit of code, like fixing some bugs, or you can really think like, okay, how can we push this product to the next level? Or how can I, um, make this like development team better and make sure everyone's like working optimally and and has everything that they need. Um, and so what my housemate said about, uh, he was in labs like a while ago, but he's been working on other stuff recently. Um, but he was saying like Pen Labs is probably the best like simulation of what it's like to be a software engineer that you can get on campus. Um, and I think that's totally true because it's beyond just like writing code for a project. It's like working in a team and understanding like what is actually worth working on versus what is kind of like a waste of time, even though it's cool. Um, and really understanding like all of the people side of things behind technology is, is really hard to do in like computer science classes. Um, but when you're actually like on a team and building something, and your user group is right outside or literally in the room, like we are our own users too. Um, it's a pretty great experience. Um, we run this thing called the common funding application, which is where clubs can request funding from like all of these different bodies at Penn just through one application. Um, and that's facilitated $930,000 of funding. 
Um, and then across all of our products, we've had like 100,000 unique users. Yeah, so, so the impact's there, right? So that's like a great motivator. The people are a great motivator. Um, and then we have like food at our like hack sessions. That's also a huge motivator. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're, you're TA at a bunch of classes. Um, you're in a couple of clubs. Youth Hack is where we met. Um, and I'm just curious to know, why did you think it was important to be involved with things that are not really like related to your coursework? Yeah, so originally it was just like, okay, let me try a bunch of things. Um, more recently I've been trying to think, like, if I do something, what do I gain from it and what do other people gain from it? Um, and so Pen Labs, I think we went through that. Like, it's pretty clear, like, everything's sort of aligned, uh, and that's why I like it so much. Um, I think with 197, um, so the 19X courses are basically student-taught courses uh, that are half credit, and they all focus on like a specific programming language um, or now a specific idea since there's uh, a class called Solving Hard Problems in Practice. But um, basically the idea is that through this half credit course, you just really focus on like learning a specific language. You're hearing it directly from students who've learned that thing themselves. Uh, and so the feedback loop is super tight. The homework assignments are less so like hey, can you like pass these test cases and understand this idea? And it's more so like totally geared towards, you know, fast tracking your ability to be like a, a developer. Um, and so being able to like literally make lectures and teach and give office hours and, and make assignments and think about, okay, how can I structure this assignment such that people can like get the most out of it and really learn a lot? Um, like that's pretty fun. Um, and, and it's pretty rewarding because like you can see how people go from literally not knowing like the syntax of the language to building a project by the end of the semester and knowing that you help them do that is pretty cool. Um, and then with things like youth hack, um, and the sort of more like entrepreneurship stuff I've been involved in, um, a lot of that was like trying to meet cool people and just see what people are working on. Um, and for a while we worked with like student startups and try to think, you know, how can we fast track their progress? Um, so that's actually pretty aligned with, with sort of my goals in like 197. Um, for the other courses I TA'd, it was, it was kind of a similar idea. Um, where like for 350, um, you're like a PM, you're basically helping a group work on their project throughout the semester. Um, I just didn't find that like as rewarding because 350 is sort of a weird class where uh, people sort of take it because it's easy. And so it's not like they, you know, really want to work on this project. Whereas for 197, like that's an elective. They chose to take this course. Um, and there were so many other courses they could have chosen to fulfill this requirement, but they want to learn like JavaScript in that case. Um, and so the incentives just felt more aligned. Um, and 555, like that stuff's just hard. Like it's so hard to be a TA for that course. It's even harder to be a student. Um, and I just felt like, you know, the overhead of all of the infrastructure and really debugging all of these things, like, didn't have, like, the same payout as the other stuff I was doing, so that's why I stopped. Could you tell us what 555 is? Yeah, so 555 is Internet and Web Systems. Um, a lot of people would say that is the hardest, like, computer science course. Um, it's basically, over the course of the semester, you build these different components to effectively build a search engine like Google from scratch. And then the final project is actually making like a search engine. Um, and it's, it's so brutal. It's so brutal. Yeah. Crazy. So did you build Google? Uh, we tried. 
And it, I mean, it, it actually wasn't bad. If you searched for Tiger, um, the results were like Tiger Woods and a bunch of like articles about like different types of tigers. So that actually worked pretty well. Um, and if you searched for anything relating to like universities, that was pretty good. And then for some reason there were like, there are a lot of weird corners of the internet and, and Google does all <laughs> these like very smart things to like actually give relevant results. But we were giving like weird, like pages where you could like buy birds, but they were probably like fronts for weird stuff. Cause there are people who like try to hack the system, right? It's like this game between Google, they like fix these hacks and then these people do like weird things to trick the algorithms. And so we obviously could not do that. Wow. wow. I, I, I respect Google more than I used to. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Um, and, and you said that like in these classes, you actually built like Google or whatever. Mm. Uh, why do you think it was still important to do, you know, clubs that were not just like academic or skill focused, but more like interacting with people, uh, building events, building communities? Uh, why is that important? Right. Um, because we're not having like liberal arts educations, right? Uh, and so if all you do is like go to class and do your homeworks, um, I feel like you, you run into being like a little bit more like one dimensional. Um, whereas like if you're deliberately focusing on how can I teach people or how can I get people to go to my event or how can I be able to sift through ideas and figure out which one is actually the most worth working on. Um, then you have like sort of both sides. Like I have like your goal should be like, okay, I have some hard skills. I can crank this stuff out. I know how to like implement this program um, or this business plan or whatever. Um, but on the other side, you're like, okay, I think I know how I can get people excited about this. Um, or I have some friends. I know that they'll, you know, help me out and they'll like push my idea along or connect me with someone. Um, and so like you need both sides. And it's pretty easy to take the hard skills like more seriously at Penn just because that's what like your education is mostly focused on if you're doing a pre-professional type of degree. Um, but there's so many like incredible people. And so if you put yourself in a position where you can like meet them and work with them, you can develop that sort of other set of skills as well. It all ties into the philosophy that you briefly touched on, uh, which is spending your time purposefully and doing things after evaluating um, how it helps you and how you can help other people. Um, so can you tell us more about why you care about, you know, where you're putting your time and where, where exactly did you get that from? Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was like freshman year. Sometimes I'd just be like drowning in coursework and club meetings and whatever. Um, and I sort of found over time that if you are smarter about like working on things that actually need this incremental like 10 hours of work for some things you can just hand it in right now. Um, from like a school point of view, you can just be a lot more productive. Um, but it's also like if you're not, I, I found that if I fail to sort of like set expectations for myself of like, hey, you're going to spend your time doing these things today, um, I just like don't like feel as good. I don't feel as like confident that I'm like working on stuff that's interesting or I feel like I'm wasting my time. Um, and so I found that if I can impose like a little bit more rigidity on either my routine or how I, you know, schedule myself, um, I just like feel better, operate better as a person. How would you recommend, because I know a lot of college students struggle with this, which is prioritizing yeah. and not procrastinating. Um, what are your, uh, you know, piece of advice to people who want to, you know, spend their time more purposefully? 
Yeah. So I've been doing a bunch of reading on this, like listening to different podcasts and stuff. Um, a few things I've heard of like really stuck. Uh, one of them is if it doesn't get on the calendar, it doesn't get done. Um, and so I've been doing this thing called like chunking where if I have like a full day, um, where I try to have like as few meetings as possible, I'll literally put in my calendar. You're going to go to the gym at this time. You're going to work on this assignment at this time. Um, and then you kind of have this correlation between like your, your to-do list, um, and your calendar, uh, and, and you sort of like plan out how am I going to like get all of these things done? Um, so that's pretty good. And then, uh, another thing is like thinking about sort of there, there's almost like an inherent cost to like shelving something and putting it on the to-do list because it's actually in like the back of your head and that's sort of like weighing down on you. It can be pretty stressful when you have a bunch of assignments that you know you have to do. Um, and so if you put it on your calendar, like that stressor is actually like reduced, I found. Um, and so that's like one way to do it. But also like if you can just get something done right now, uh, my housemates and I call it eating the frog, uh, which I think is a Mark Twain quote. Um, like you should just eat the frog. Like, even though it's annoying, having it in the back of your head and then doing it eventually is actually worse than just like doing it right now. Um, and so I found that I used to do like a bunch of reading and email and like random stuff in the morning just to like feel productive. Um, but I wasn't actually eating the frog. Wow. Eat the frog. I will remember that. (laughs) Very catchy. Um, and how does this tie into your passion for lifestyle design? Yeah, so this is uh, kind of ties into like a lot of the reading I've been doing over the past year. Um, but it's, I don't know if you know Tim Ferriss, but he has this podcast. Um, he's like kind of ridiculous. Like he's a ridiculous human being. That's sort of the point. That's why people listen to him. Um, but I, I've kind of like drank his Kool-Aid per se um, in that he's sort of like, inspired me to think a little bit more about why I do certain things. Um, Like one of the ideas is that a lot of things we do like just happen subconsciously. Like sometimes you'll like walk to class and you don't even like remember that you did it. Right. Um, Or, or like you have these different routines where it's like whenever you step outside of that routine, you like are so mystified. Like the other day I like didn't put my like, earbuds where I normally put them after I like finished going to the gym and I was like stupefied because I was just doing this thing subconsciously and then something was wrong. Um, and so what, what Tim and like a lot of other people will talk about is trying to be like more conscious about the things that you're doing. Uh, and if you do that, you can avoid things like eating like a bunch of food or snacks, um, or just like wasting time on social media, like scrolling through your feed. Um, and so you can sort of like institute some protocols where you are less likely to fall into these traps where you're just like wasting time or like doing things that are unproductive. Um, and so one example from like this book I was reading was that, um, these like safety inspectors at, um, the, like these like subway stations in Japan, instead of just like doing the inspection, they would have to like literally say the items on the checklist as they inspected them. Um, because otherwise they would just like look around and be like, okay, yeah, this looks like the same that it always does. That's fine. And they reduced like fatalities by like 40% or something just by speaking the checklist. Um, and so I've been trying to do similar things. Like, um, I, I hate every time I hit snooze, like in the moment I'm like, yeah, I totally want to hit snooze. But then like an hour later when I get out of bed, I'm like, you suck. Yeah. Um, and so I've been like putting my phone like away from my bed. So I have to get up. 
Um, or I've been forcing myself to like drink a full bottle of water right when I wake up so that I don't just like waste the morning. Cause then once you've like drank a bottle of water, you can't like sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you're also like awake. So, so just like a few things to be like more in the moment and more conscious of the fact that you're like wasting time or doing stupid things. Um, because that stuff like actually amounts to just like hours a day of like scrolling through social media or just like laying in bed. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely think social media addiction and smartphone addiction is a real thing. As someone who has recently started caring about like lifestyle and habits and uh, things like smartphone addiction, being more purposeful about my time, um, I think I think it's really inspiring to see that you know um, you're you're constantly working on it and and you're also doing a bunch of different things at the same time. So like it doesn't have to be your main focus. Um, and I'd love to hear uh, like this is something that I I would love to hear about from you. How do you balance everything? Like, I know you said that you go to the gym, um, you're, you're doing all the lifestyle design stuff where you're, you know, integrating new habits, um, you're in clubs, you're t- doing three degrees, um, and you're also having fun. Um, how, how are you, like, balancing everything? Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough act. It's definitely, like, a, a bit of an art. Um, and, you know, different people can handle, like, different amounts of throughput. Your goal should not be to, like, match what someone else is doing. Um, like that can be a pretty like unhealthy way of thinking about it. I know I used to do that. Um, but it's more so like if you believe that all of the things you're doing are like worthwhile, um, like if I didn't think that like the courses I'm in were useful, I would be like pretty unhappy because it's just a lot. Um, so that, that's like a necessary thing is like, if you're not enjoying something, you should cut it. Like there was this one freelance project I was working on, um, a few weeks ago and I sort of like reached the realization that I was like, you know, I, I, I was getting money for it and whatever, but it was like, this is not progressing my skills. I'm not really interested in this like problem. Um, and so I just told the guys like, Hey, like you don't have to pay me anymore. I'll hand it off to anyone. But I just like fundamentally can't work on this project anymore. So being able to say no to things, even though I say yes to a lot of things, I think I say yes to too many things, um, is, is, is really important. And being able to like frame it in terms of like, I know that like this thing I'm doing right now is not what's best for me. Um, and so that requires like being true to yourself. And then, but given that you've said yes to a bunch of things and also like at Penn, things get thrown at you that you have to do. Um, what we talked about earlier of like chunking your time, making sure stuff gets done um, and making sure that like something that does have to get done, that you write it down or put it in a to-do list um, and like force yourself to do it. Um is is really important and then you just need to find like the times when you're most productive um and also be able to say no to like certain events and things or or be able to say that like hey i don't think this meeting is actually like that important like let's just solve it over email or over a quick phone call um it's just like you know there are a few tactics where you can just like get a little bit more work done in a given day uh you seem to have pretty much all your life figured out and you know everything seems to be set for you you're you have good grades you're doing well uh with activities outside of school um you have a job um is there anything that worries you or concerns you yeah i mean i i obviously try to like do well in in the situation i'm currently in um and i i've as i sort of said like improved a lot at like understanding like what makes me get stressed and how can I like improve, you know, just getting work done. Um, but also like what I said earlier, when you asked me like 20 years from now, 
where do you want to be? I really like don't know. And, and that's been like frustrating, not being able to find something that, you know, I can full, fully throw like my hundred percent of myself into, um, and drop other things that I'm currently working on. Um, like, sure, that's something I, like, crave, and I, and I hope it comes, and I've been trying to, like, put myself in a position where, you know, I touch a bunch of things and sort of see what sticks. Um, but, you know, we live in kind of a community and a world where there's so much stimulus, and there's so many things going on, it's hard to, like, have focus and, like, really think about where am I, where do I want to be, um, and, and that's tough, and I totally struggle with that. Gotcha, and hmm, uh, I think it's interesting to know that, like, on, like when you see people doing super well, like there's also another side to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you for sh- thank you for sharing that. Um, and just just to close off, um, I think a lot of young people feel like because of their age or because of the lack of skills, um, they're not able to actually go out there and actually make an impact. Um, and as someone who has been able to you know learn those skills yourself, um, go out, put yourself out there, talk to people. Um, like, what advice do you have for people who are trying to get over that hurdle? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to sort of incremental progress and looking at things kind of like not in context of yourself, like just objectively think like, okay, I'd rather not be, you know, spending so much time on social media. Um, I'd like to be, you know, think about like who you want to be, like how you want your identity to change. Um like, I just finished this book, Atomic Habits, like, a month ago or something. Phenomenal book. Um, what he argues is, like, your actions over time um, become your identity. And so, sure, maybe you don't know what you want to work on or you feel like, you know, you're not as good at, at this one thing as other people or you're not as fit as some other people. Um, you just need to think about, like, okay, who do I want to be and then what actions can I take to, like, make incremental progress towards that, that end goal? Um, and so then it's not a matter of like, okay, I need to match this person immediately. Um, or I need to be working on something really cool immediately. It's more so like what little baby steps can I take that I'm like putting myself in a better position to be there. And so, you know, if you wake up earlier every day and you like work backwards, um, you know, maybe like 30 minutes earlier each week or something, um, you're, you're changing your identity to be someone who is like more of a morning person. Um, or if you want to be better in school, um, like you're not happy with your grades or whatever, you're pretty stressed, you already work really hard, um, find like other times where you can sort of like read more things, understand like that improving your ability to like cram information in your brain doesn't just happen overnight. Um, and more so like putting habits in place where like you grow as like an intellectual, like maybe you read research papers, um, even like over break or something like just, just to like make sure you're making progress. Um, and so then like over time in the short term, it's pretty easy to get lost and be like, okay, I like totally messed up that test, um, or that meeting or anything. Um, but you're doing these like baby steps and in the long term, like those things actually like amount to something. Um, and you've like fundamentally changed, like from where you were to where you are. So that should really be like anyone's goal. Anyone can do that and make progress. Um, and when like your goal is just to achieve these small things and you keep doing those small things, like that's, that makes you feel really good. Um, and so even like if short term weird things happen, you can just be like happy with sort of like your growth and progress. Uh, thank you, Kim. And I think this is a great example of, uh, the fact that young people can do cool shit Hell yeah. That's, that's, that's the slogan for this podcast, young people doing cool shit. So, and so Cam, before you head out, um, is there anything that you want to plug? 
I think the stuff we've been working on at, at Pen Labs is super cool. Um, namely, like Pen Clubs and Pen Basics uh, are two products where you can like learn a lot more about Pen um, and about sort of like the clubs and everything that the school has to offer. So definitely check those out. Um, and if you need any help with any of your tech-based projects, um, totally happy to talking to you. Uh, you can either check out Riplo at riplo.io um, or my personal website. What's your personal website? CameronCabo.com. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely check him out. He has some really, really awesome stuff on there. Thank, thank you for being a young person doing cool shit, and thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone. Um, it was it was awesome having you on the show. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm glad you reached out, and I got to be one of the first ones. I'm excited to see who you bring on next. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, thanks, Kev. Cool.